Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Welcome to Comic Book Nation, the only show that does it all for geek culture and the official podcast of comicbook.com. I am your host, Kofi Outlaw, and holding it down with me today. This is a very special episode. I've never gotten to do this in five years of doing this show, but it's me and Janelle Wheeler. Hi! I am so excited! It's like, I feel like we're such the polar opposites of one another that this is going to be super fun. Yeah, there you go. Uh, me and Janelle are holding it down. Matthew Aguilar and Connor Casey are out. They got big wrestling things in the work, which you can find out about if you check the Comic Book Nation YouTube page right now. Go over there, subscribe, and uh, Matt and Connor Casey have to get, I believe it's SummerSlam, and they are doing a bunch of work out in the field. Uh, yeah, Matt was scrambling. We were getting stuff Matt, <laughs> to, the, uh, to Matt at the airport on like Wednesday, so they're out doing oh, wow. big things this weekend, and that leaves me and Jeanette Wheeler here to play. We're going to get into a whole bunch of stuff. Um, also, program note, uh, we did have another bonus episode. Again, if you are not subscribed to Comic Book Nation, your favorite podcast platforms, and on the YouTube page, we put out another bonus round episode this week talking about Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Mutant Mayhem, and full spoilers. I had some uh, fun comedian slash comic book workers come and join me. To talk about uh, nineteen, you know, Ninja Turtles nostalgia and what this new movie brings to the table. So be sure to check that out as well. Now, for what me and Janelle Wheeler are going to get into today, let's we have for our rundown. Just to let you guys know up in advance, we always like to tell you what we're going to be doing on the show. In order, we are going to be talking about the Loki season two trailer that dropped this week. We had some uh, a couple big news things. I forgot to update one. We had both an update on the DC side about Wonder Woman and some fantastic forecasting that happened that we got to talk Ooh. about. And Sony took a, a little bit of a hit. They've had to shift things around on their release date plans for their Spider-Man universe. So we're going to talk about all of that. Plus, we got to talk about a little bit what's going on TV. There's some fun stuff that's returned. I know Janelle wants to cook about one subject and one show in particular. So we're going to let her do that. Then we're going to talk comics. And then we have a very special special segment where uh we have a special guest joining us and we are gonna get to talking about barbie in full spoilers we are gonna finally break down this barbie movie and it's been a couple of weeks so i feel like everybody had their chance but we're gonna talk barbie in full spoilers when we're joined by a special guest in a little bit so let's get into all of that and go right back up top to the loki season two trailer so 
yeah, the future of the Marvel Cinematic Universe is unsure. We've had to put out uh, episodes about how to fix this. I feel like we're in a disappointing slump with like quantum mania and secret invasion, but there has been some bright spots of hope, right? And one of the brightest is of course the return of Loki to Disney plus. So Loki season two is coming. We got the trailer this week and it blew up large. I mean, it was racking up millions of views, really great. And in the comments, yeah, guardians of the galaxy was great. Uh, not everything from Marvel has been, you know, bad, but I think overall people are just not, feeling a little bit disappointed with the franchise at the moment, but Loki season two trailer is here and uh, it looks like a lot of fun, right? So I'm not going to go full rock star, <laughs> new rock stars on this. Uh, <laughs> our hero podcast handles all things, Marvel, all things Marvel and they did a great breakdown of everything that's in this Loki trailer. But uh, Janelle Wheeler, what did you, how did you feel? I know Loki is, I forget. If, I think WandaVision is still your top show, if I remember correctly. But this is I don't know. It, it's such a close tie for me. I love them both so much in different ways. Um, it is easier to kind of put this at number one in anticipation of a season two because we don't think we're going to be getting anything with Wanda on that. So I feel like you have more time to get closer to the characters and be more into the story. So I don't know. I feel like Loki's kind of like inching his way above Wanda, uh, WandaVision. But yeah, this trailer, okay, just the music alone is so spooky, impactful, just exciting as heck. It is so hard for me not to go full rock stars and not just like dive into this on this podcast because I am over the moon excited about this. I don't think I've been this excited for a show release uh, since since probably WandaVision, honestly. Uh, I'm I'm absolutely pumped. I feel like they gave us so much good context for the story, but also left us confused. The special effects look incredible. Like him time slipping is such a cool effect. Like, I just love watching that. And he seems so swaggy and hot. Oh, I love Loki. And I'm so excited. I, I, I literally could talk about this for an hour. I'm so excited. Yeah, there's, and there's a bunch, there's so many Easter eggs in this one trailer that it, I mean, like I said, it, <laughs> Can you it's, imagine what it's the a show whole is going to be like? star. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Everything from like different parts of the TVA that we see to where Loki and Mobius, this, the second season looks like it's clearly going to be a detective story and what they're hunting kind of down about Kang and all of this. Um, they go to the Chicago World's Fair, which looks like it could be another pivotal kind of Marvel Cinematic Universe rewriting of history because there was an infamous serial killer that preyed on people in that one. Maybe Kang is this in this version or that history comes into play. Yeah, there's just a lot going on. The big thing that a lot of people took away was time slipping and kind of what time slips mean in Marvel. It has connections from everything to the X-Men universe with like Cable and things like that and how he kind of moves through time to um, everything. People have obviously said the visual effects, which looks very kind of disturbing and Cronenberg in this trailer is also a lot like the glitching, a live action version of the glitching effect we see in Spider-Man in the Spider-Verse movies. So like there could be ties there and yeah, it just, I'm just happy to be back with this cast and kind of yeah. with this concept. And I like that we're seeing like they're using the kind of variant setup, almost like the series fringe. If you remember fringe where every season like fringe could reinvent itself with the same cast based on like 
what universe they had crossed into and like what variations of those characters oh, existed wow. in those universe. Um, great show. If you haven't watched it, uh, made a lot of careers, Joshua Jackson, uh, what's her name oh, God, from mine hunters. Uh, anyway, I'm, yeah, I'm blanking. Uh, I always confuse her with somebody else, but, uh, man, the comments, anybody else there? Yeah, the commenters, you guys want to help me out? Anna Torv. There we go. Anna Torv. There you um, go. You know, put Anna Torv on the map. So, who was just in The Last of Us? She played, uh, what's her name, who got killed in the beginning? Um, yeah. Oh my God, I'm doing oh. great. Earning my podcast. Oh. Earning my podcast. Wait, the voice, like, the voice actor? No, no, no. Who? She oh, played okay. um, Joel's, like, Joel's kind of partner, lover, who got, yeah. who got infected. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah, okay. She, that's really she, cool. That was Anna Torv. Yeah. And that's Anna nice. Torv. So Fringe put, anyway, we're getting so far off the point. Love Fringe it. put her on the map and yeah, Lance Reddick was in Fringe, but it was a great show. And basically I feel like Loki season two is kind of taking a page out of that book. Like seeing Sylvie at McDonald's and working there and doing that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the different agents from the TVA, we see Renee, uh, Ren Slayer and her kind of showing up in Victor Timely's time as her, alter ego and how that plays from comics to the, in the romance of uh, Ravana Renslayer and Kang. And there's a lot of things that this trailer seems to be kind of playing with. Yeah. I think for me, while on the micro level, I'm kind of really psyched just to jump back into a Loki world uh, or worlds rather. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I also hope this show in this season does something significant in the macro to kind of pull this multiverse saga a bit more into focus and to show the connections, because as we've all been kind of saying, and if you go back and listen to our MCU kind of criticism podcast, a couple after secret invasions finale, it's just like, there's been even just so many ways we've just started to break the multiverse. And so many people are like simultaneously responsible. Like <laughs> Sylvie killed. He who remains Dr. Yeah. Strange broke something. Uh, Miles Morales broke it when he, with the super collider and all that and accepting that spider. So it's just like, you know, it's just, I hope this one, this answers this questions. season of the series answers questions, yeah. brings things into focus and I really do want like Loki and Mobius to be positioned in a place where they like come and as other people have said on like phase zero, like come riding a jet ski in to save the entire universe and that secret war, you know, and then you know, making Tom Hiddleston's Loki arc, you know, maybe finishing it there, but making it very relevant and giving him kind of a redemptive heroic arc to all this would be kind of cool. But yeah. like I said, on the micro level, I mean, it's good to be back in a Loki world with just the kind of the aesthetic, the music, the characters. It, it would be, it, it looks like it's going to be a lot of fun. So I'm, I'm, it, I'm in. Do you find it interesting that there is not very much Kang in this trailer at all? Like, I think we see a statue of him and then we see the throwback, like the old school version of him with the funky Yeah, we hair. see Victor Timely. Yeah. Yeah. Victor Timely, who's like his pivotal Kang variant. Um, no, I think in to answer some questions from the comments, like, oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Like answer some questions from the comments. People were asking like, yeah, what's the update? Like what is going on with Jonathan majors? Well, his trial has been pushed back. Okay. And he, so this whole thing is still not going to unfold until September now. And, Again, I feel like Marvel's been, and I'm not, I have no inside knowledge of this. I'm just speaking. Mm-hmm. I feel like Marvel's been in this kind of wait and see pattern um, to see kind of 
with not just majors, but uh, Tanek, uh, Tanuk Huerta, who played Namor, has like kind of a similar thing going on. But just oh. to see like where the truth lies in all this and, and right. to see if there is, because he's made, Jonathan Majors has maintained his innocence. There's been growing reports from people who have known him, exes, things like that saying, you know, alleging this very disturbing pattern of behavior and just personality. Um, But he's also dating Megan Good now and kind of out front with that. And, you know, there are also people who say, you know, he hasn't been that bad or this, that, and the other. So I think Marvel's trying to see how this plays out from a PR standpoint Mm -hmm. um, and what comes out during this trial and 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 then kind of having to make the hard decisions about what to do with the franchise after that. Because Mm -hmm. they... I mean, they literally, Kevin Feige came out and literally said, we have never banked so much on an, on a single actor as we have with Jonathan Majors. Wow. And so, like, we don't know how much has been done, how much has been set up. I mean, just to create that end credit scene for Quantumania, I figured they've had to put this man in, like, all the scanners, get his likeness, make all, be working on all the kind of effects to change his appearance create the variants, do all that. Like, so I don't know how much they've invested tech, like in terms of pre-production and resources and technology resources. So like, while yeah, it is an easy character to recast from the standpoint of Kang can be a variant and show up as somebody different. And it's the easiest kind of narrative thing to explain. Mm-hmm. I don't, I, I still don't know. Like, yeah, what they're going I don't either. I feel like what they're going to be doing is just trying to cut down his screen time for the time being. Like that seems to be the easiest fix while they wait, you know, especially like in this trailer, I'm sure they could have put way more Kang in this trailer and it was probably a straight up choice not to. Yeah. So I mean, we got about, I mean, they just keep replaying the same scene they've already released in the end of uh, quantum mania. So yeah, yeah, it's a mess as people in the comments have been saying, but it's a mess that I don't, I don't, I think they're going to use, and I think he's only going to show up in this one place in, in, mm-hmm. in this one and for like an episode or so. And I think they might just keep it at that, not hype it so much, let everybody else get out in front and sell the show and wait for September and see what happens. So. I mean, that's what I want. I don't care about him. I care about Loki. I care about Sylvia. I care about Morbius and even these new characters being introduced. Like I love the, I, what, is he like a little scientist in there? Is he like their coach? I don't really know what, what the role is. Um, but it, I love, I just love everything I'm seeing in this trailer. So I, it doesn't even bother me. Like I don't even need Kang. <laughs> I can, I can handle time as a villain, you know, like multiversal things as a villain. I don't need Kang as much as most people would probably. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, I had something <laughs> clever to say, but then I just forgot it. Um, oh, but, you're the best at the quips. Yeah, I know. I had one. But, I messed up. Your no, no, no. It wasn't you. I, I had a quip. I was getting ready to drop. <laughs> and then I started reading comments and then like my brain. Dropped, and now, <laughs> this is remember. the thing about um, live streaming. Oh, short round is back. Oh, I was going to say short round is back. Yeah. Yeah. Kwan, who just got his Oscar is back. Yes. And uh, funny. And the man is a scene stealer. Why do we put this man on ice for so many years? He's so I great. Know, I agree. Everything. He does. And uh, it, I feel like part of this is just like a nice nod to like data in a weird way. And this yeah. kind, of PDA, kind of pneumatic tube kind of bureaucrat guy that he's playing. So um, I can't wait to see that. 
So, so cool. yeah, Loki season two hyped. Uh, I mean, that's getting my MCU hype back up. So good for mm -hmm. them. Um, yes. Real quick. I'll, also, since I wrote this story yesterday and I forgot to put it in the rundown, I guess I'll introduce it. We got our first bit of what looks like solid, fantastic for casting rumors. I know a lot of people are mad and, you know, everybody's like, I'm not doing anything till Marvel tells me it is. But like, <laughs> guys, this is the business in the fandom. We talk about rumors. We discuss whether we like them, how well they fit, who we wish they could cast. And that's part of the fun until we get the official stuff. Okay. Mm -hmm. Everybody relax. We're just having a good time. And if you think you've done it for a long time, I've been in this business for 16 years. And most of that has been <laughs> casting Fantastic Four movie. Um, <laughs> and then I got, and then I had to live through the cast that they put out for fan for Tastic. And then I had to do more reboot casting picks. So. <laughs> <sighs> how do you and feel so, about these actors so just to get to what we're doing here um the casting kind of report came from the hot mic uh john roca and jeff snyder and after some confusion initially because <laughs> snyder's sources <laughs> said that the actor playing human torch johnny storm would be jq and he thought that was jack quaid poor jack quaid had to get on his phone and be like guys stop no i'm not the jq um, but it was Joseph Quinn he's talking about who played Eddie Munson in Stranger Things is reportedly going to be is about 80 to 90 percent locked down to play Johnny Storm and Vanessa Kirby, who we know from Mission Impossible, Hobbs and Shaw is kind of 90 percent, 9 to 95 percent locked down to play Sue Storm, something that we've not only heard for a while, but we at comicbook.com, Brandon Davis, Phase Zero host, went out and actually talked to her during Mission Impossible about this. And she's just had the same line, which was, it would be an honor, which is never, I mean, which is pretty much as close as you get as confirming a Marvel casting as you can get. <laughs> I because, love the accent. Yeah. And it's just like, she, it would be an honor, you know, so... She and reportedly they are building that this cast around her. She is the central piece. They are building out around her and around Sue Storm, um, which we've had our excellent ladies on comicbook.com who are great movie comic book TV experts have written pieces about why that's a good idea. And I don't disagree. I don't think we need Fantastic Four to be built around Reed Richards. Um, damn sure not build it in around Johnny or in Ben Grimm either. Like I think Sue is a good entry point because in a lot of ways she anchors this entire family and team down she's kind of like one of the most powerful characters and in marvel and it, it's good to see her get her due so uh really kind of psyched about this i love vanessa kirby um i also saw pieces of a woman a movie i will watch once for and say <laughs> how good she is in it but as a parent, I can never, ever watch that uh, like Oscar-nominated movie again. But she got an Oscar nomination for that. And wow. that showed just what kind of depth of performance and dramatic performance she can give. Um, yeah, so yeah, she can do it all. She can be sexy, fierce, smart. She does action. She can do drama really well. Uh, so I'm, I I'm down with crown. it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The Crown too. Like, like that's yeah, so. that's the only thing I know her from, and I fell in love with her character on the Crown. Like, I just, I just loved her so much on there. Yeah. No. So I yeah, mean, she's one of the quietly been one of the strongest kind of like covering all the bases of of you yeah. know Hollywood acting. Yeah. So this is a good fit, and with her, I, I can I can see them building a good fantastic four movie out. Joseph Quinn's interesting. 
Joseph Quinn. As Johnny I, Storm. I did not know that he was Eddie until you just said it right here. Like I had no idea who this guy was. I was like, who is this? Why? This is so left. Who is this? And then you said he was on Stranger Things. And I'm like, wait, what? That's he does not look good with blonde hair. I'm sorry. Like I look, I like him with the shaggy brown hair. I don't know how I feel about him. With well, that's this. a weird thing. I think like our whole kind of frame of reference for him is going from underdog nerd in Stranger Things and outsider to you know cocky kind of like well off kid society kid in in yeah. Hugh, Johnny Storm Human Torch. So it's not impossible. It's just that we've seen the likes of like Chris Evans and Michael B. Jordan play this yeah. role before. Yeah. And now we're going to him. So it's going to be interesting to see. And it's going to be an interesting kind of career jump for him to see him play. I mean, and this is spoilers. This is what actors do, guys. But like seeing him play a completely different person is I'm going not, to be interesting I'm not to say. super pumped about it personally. But I don't know what to me. think about it because I yeah I can't imagine it so I have to just see it. It just so isn't the vibe mad. to me. Like it's just not yeah. the vibe of this character for me. Um, but I it's nothing against his acting. I'm sure he can do a brilliant job. It's just based on just who who this person seems to be. Even on like red carpets, even in like photos, like IRL photos of him, not in roles. I don't. It's, it just seems not. I'm not as loving this one. <laughs> With okay. all due respect. <laughs> um, further rumors are just to wrap this up that uh, uh, Eben Moss, I already Bacharach, who plays cousin Richie in The Bear, is and was a uh, micro in Netflix's Punisher, is also rumored to be encircling. And while it wasn't completely debunked, uh, the Matt Smith rumor is kind of oh a little bit God. more murkier. But um, those are two actors that, that are still said to be in consideration for the film. And I would love to see uh, Eben Moss, Bacharach. I mean, the rumors are, there's also further rumors that Galactus is going to be the villain. He'll be voiced by a Latino actor Marvel's trying to seek. Um, okay. I would love to see Eben either play Silver Surfer. But I feel like when you get Matt Ooh. Smith and Eben Moss, Bacharach, either one of them could be Reed Richards and either one of them could be Norrin Rad, the Silver Surfer. Like Matt Smith yeah. has that smooth alien look that would be perfect for like yes. a silver. He plays silver an server, alien as Doctor also, Who. Yeah. yeah, and you could also <laughs> see Eben. He's tall, he's lanky, and you could see he has that weird like intensity, but he can be quiet and and do that whole thing. So I I could see either of them filling this role, but I would love to see Eben personally as Reed Richards. He has that kind of like asshole dad look. He mm -hmm. could have. Um, he grew out a beard, and I think if they do ever do the maker, he would be a great version of you know, wow. the maker, that evil Reed Richards. So, but that's just me. We're gonna see how it develops. Uh, we're taking up a lot of time, and our special guest is here, so we got to move along here. Uh, <laughs> quick new stories, Janelle. Yeah, you have some. Kofi, I need your help. Settle this for me. Is it Gal Gadot or Gal Gadot? Let's just like. I've heard both. I don't know. So I'm just going. I when I go hear Gal you, Gadot. you usually say Gal Gadot. Okay. Gal Gadot. This, we have some interesting uh, information. Our friend Chris Killian did an interview with Gal Gadot. And uh, she kind of led us to believe that she is developing with James Gunn and Peter Saffron 
a Wonder Woman 3 title or project or something. Obviously, it was very quick and in passing, but we like to obsess on these things. So uh, that is, I think that's really great news for anyone who did love that phase of like DC stuff. I love her as Wonder Woman. I don't want anyone else as Wonder Woman, personally speaking. Kofi, how do you feel about this? Um, uh, like I said, we're going to real quick keep it moving. But uh, uh, Jeff Snyder was actually, as he was dropping the Fantastic Four casting news, he also shouted out Chris Kelly in a comic book about this rumor. And um, he's of the opinion, and I'm wondering if this could be valid, if that this could be whether how much, what does involved mean in developing, right? right. Is she coming back as Wonder Woman? Maybe not so much. Is she like executive producing? So she gets oh. a cut of the thing and they're just like, and she gets to kind of put her name on it. And that's her oh. kind of, you know, her severance for not continuing as Wonder Woman. Or are they really going to bring her back as Wonder Woman after some time, you know, after they do the Paradise Island thing? Like, you know, it, it, but it's Wonder Woman 3. So it kind of stands to reason that she'd be back, right? I agree. Um, yes. But how you make that fit in the DCU where nothing she didn't else show is up coming through? Was, was she in the flash? I can't, I don't think yes, she, she, she okay, was in so the very she beginning. did end up making in the flash. And then he talks yeah. about wonder woman a ton. And yeah, then she in, she, she's been in the most. She yeah. Was in peace. Uh, just, no, she didn't show up. Shazam. She was in Shazam, Shazam. And then she was in the flash, the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. In the end of Shazam and the beginning of the flash. I feel so like they're trying been, to hold on to her. I really do. I mean, they might. I mean, she's the best thing they did. I Wonder agree. Woman is like <laughs> by far probably the most universally successful, the first one DC film of the like 2010. So yeah. it makes sense. And she's only gotten to be a bigger star. Um, but we're going to see how this plays out because I want to see what it means that, TBD. you know, developing, evolved. But it's Wonder Woman 3. I want to see if any of this pans out first. Yeah, um, absolutely. We're not going to get, I mean, the. Yeah, the Fantastic we Four have, thing is bigger, but tell us. So, uh, we have problem. we have delays. We have some delays, and we have some move ups. Uh, Craven the Hunter is going to be delayed. Um, Madam Web is moving up, but only by a few days, so I don't get too excited. Um, obviously, these strikes are going to affect the releases of so many things that we love, and Sony is kind of coming out right and just letting us know right off the bat, like, hey, <laughs> we're um, so. Gosh, this sucks. Uh, so the spite is it Spider Verse? It, it's not even they. They don't even have anything. Like they don't even have a date. They just like shut it down. They're like, we have no date. <laughs> so I told you guys this. Listen, I yep. told you guys Spider Verse. When we got that report of across the Spider Verse, and in that report about how Trump problematic it was to make, and the artists were saying like, yo, they don't have anything for the third one yet. Don't think mm. that's coming out next year. I told you guys, 2025, yes, 2026 is when I really realistically see this movie happening. And now this just kind of confirms that. Yeah. Yep. Uh, but go on. And even Venom, Venom, um, it looks like they're, the release date is set for July 12th, 2024. I think that's going to change. What do you think? Oof, yeah, I mean, that seems optimistic. I don't know. I, I know agree. they've been filming. They were in production, but I don't know how far along they got. I know that today we're seeing the first kind of cracks of negotiation between the Writers Guild and the producers of America, you know, but hopefully they can get this worked out by the fall and then Venom can get, you know, in and be done because they can knock that out. They got all the stuff in the computer. Okay. They just film the things and just get you know, finish this up, finish this trilogy. Cause they need to finish this so they can move on to other things. But, um, Craven getting knocked Craven back in an year entire is, year. 
a whole year. Right. I don't think anything is going to improve. And I get it. They they need actors to promote this movie. There's nothing else behind it. Right. Like Aaron Taylor Johnson and the cast and Russell Crowe and all of them, they have to sell this movie. Like, yeah. it, it's, there's no, and Craven ain't selling by itself. And there's like, <laughs> So if the, if this is not like one where you can like Ninja Turtles right now, like where you can have the director out and clips and mm-hmm. stuff like that, like you got to have the cast promote this. And if you don't have them, this movie's dead in the water anyway. So I mean, I feel I don't the same about Madam Web. I, I, I don't know if like casual peeps even know what Madam Web is. I don't know. Nobody does. Yeah. Yeah. So like that no. and that's coming February 14th, 2024. Like that just seems... Well, that was filming. I know they had a lot of that in the can. Mm -hmm. But again, like, it's just about they're betting on the strike being over by then. Yeah, Yeah. because you need, you got to have the Sydney Sweeney's out there. You Mm got to have the, who else is in that? Everybody's in that. Dakota Johnson's in that movie. Um, Adam Scott. What's her name's? uh, uh, Roberts. uh, Emma Roberts. You got to have them all out there promoting that. So that's another one. And and this is Sony's whole problem. You're doing this Spider-Man universe. You don't really have, like, a lot of brand power behind you so you've got to actually sell these characters and these movies and you're gonna need the featurettes the cast you're gonna need all of that so mm-hmm. good luck with that and hopefully the strike gets, yeah so let's keep barreling through so we can get to our yeah. big barbie discussion with our special guest um just to let you guys know what's uh wait what the meg 2 is out today don't is somebody saying the meg 2 is out today this will change my entire day <laughs> Just found out that Meg 2 is out. Didn't know because I hadn't seen Jason Statham anywhere. I thought it was coming out later this month, but that can't be right, right? Oh, Breaking no, it's news. out today. Oh, no, it's out today. No, Chris Chipperson, you are correct. The Meg 2 is out today. And oh, my God, this changes my whole weekend. I don't believe I wasn't <laughs> in the theater last night. What was I thinking? This is my most anticipated <laughs> summer movie. Thank you to the Comic Book Nation commenters. I should have had a Meg 2 <laughs> review for you guys today. I'm so sorry. I, I'm not on my job, but uh, we had other things to do. Um, but next week, you better believe we will be talking to Meg, too. Oh Love that. God. There's too much stuff going on. This strike. All right. So on the uh, screen, uh, let's just talk. I really liked Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Mutant Mayhem. I think it's the best the franchise has looked in years with this wow. reboot. Um, it does a lot of fun things, like the visuals, the action, the sequences, and the style of it were really good. Um, I'm not doing the Spider-Verse comparisons. I was talking on my darker podcast, Podcast X, last night, because <laughs> I think they do two completely different things, whereas one is like about the larger franchise. It's a meta thing about the larger franchise of Spider-Man and the characters who are allowed to wear the mask and how people feel about them and whether they validate them. This is just a good, fun reinvention of Ninja Turtles. And, uh, and if you're a fan of, the, of any of from the 80s and 90s to the modern one, I suggest you go out and see it. Evan Goldberg and Seth Rogen and director Jeff Rowe, their whole clique of friends, all the voices they know and all the comedic actors they know, plus the teens playing the turtles. It's all great. It all kind of works. And I think you guys should check it out. And after you see it, be sure to listen to our full Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Mutant Mayhem spoiler show, which we did earlier this week and is out now. I'm so bummed I didn't get to see this with y'all. I wanted to so bad. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, we it missed you on so that good. one. It was so good. Where were you on Saturday? Well, I, was we haven't caught up. I was in Florida. I was in yeah. Florida, yeah. You know I would have been there. Like, I, Jim texted me, and I was like, oh, my God, I can't believe I'm missing this. But I went and saw Barbie for the second time, so. 
Hey, so, man, you know, I get it. I was in down in the Keys for, for a week, and I don't want to be back here, so <laughs> I get it, man. It's all good. You enjoy that. Um, Futurama is back. If you guys don't know, Futurama Season 11 is back. It's on Hulu now. They have a hilarious meta first app that's all about them rebooting this series yet again and bringing it back from the dead. Uh, so check that out because, yeah, we need content right now, and Futurama is is a goody 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 piece of content so check that out and uh just a quick shout out i'm watching and loving um on paramount plus special ops lioness the new taylor sheridan show for the creator mm. of uh the creator of uh yellowstone has a new show it's about a female-led special ops force starring zoe saldana and uh nicole kidman and a bunch of other people and if you guys like taylor sheridan like like if you like sicario that movie that he did that helped put him on the map. This is very much in the vein of Sicario. And uh, yeah, you should check that out. And Janelle has one recommendation. <gasps> Yo, Harley Quinn. The season is going awesome. I am loving this. If you're not watching it, just a quick rundown and idea of what's up. Harley is a good guy. Poison Ivy is a bad guy. That's all I can tell you. It speaks for itself. It's a love relationship with people from two different backgrounds and the struggles that they're facing. It's so cute. So fun violent they go to vegas like it is it is so great and i just i always get nervous when you know too many seasons start coming out of these shows i'm like oh no is it gonna fall off is it gonna not be as fun and quippy and all these things no it is spectacular they're doing they're nailing it again so so good watch it not all the episodes are out, Chris. I think the first four, I think they released maybe two or three at first, and now they're going weekly. So I think there's four total out right now. Don't quote me, but I think it's four. Um, but I just caught up myself. I binged them, and they were great as a binge. <laughs> oh, I just watched the first two. I loved the second episode of the season where with Alfred and that whole thing. And I can't say what the oh name of that. I can't gosh. even say the name of the episode was. But uh, the end where he's like, "Oh her, no!" Yeah, and her versus Alfred was like the funniest thing. Seeing Alfred take on Harley Quinn. Um, yeah. yeah, it's they've really just. I mean, that show has found its footing and become its own thing. And now, just they're living in that universe, and it is hilarious. That is such. I'm so glad that Zaslav and all the crazy decisions that have been made didn't take that one off. Agreed. Oh my gosh, killing it. Yeah. All right, uh, real quick, uh, we will take a break. And when we come back, we are going to quickly talk about this week's comics we want to recommend for you guys. And a special guest is joining us for a Barbie spoilers discussion. Be sure to tune in for all of that in a minute. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Back to Comic Book Nation, the only show that does it all for geek culture and the only show that, oh wait, I already said that part. So welcome (laughs) back to Comic Book Nation. I am your host, Kofi Outlaw. I'm back with Janelle Wheeler and our special guest today, 
crossover episode surprise. We have Phase Zero host Jamie Jirak with us. I should have worn pink with you. Oh, I mean, and this is my favorite thing is that I keep wearing pink to movies that aren't Barbie because I'm just like, <laughs> we're doing it. It's an yeah. event movie. Hi, Barbie. <laughs> Hi, Barbie. <laughs> I can. Yeah. Hey, Jamie. Uh, thanks. I know Jamie Jirak's waking up early on the West Coast time to join us for this discussion. Thank you very much. And uh, as you can see, a lot of people in the comments are happy you're here to see a Phase Zero crossover. Um, we're going to run through comics real quick and knock that out of the way. Then I am going to clear the floor for you ladies to cook oh. on this Barbie spoilers discussion. You're going to cook yeah, with still, us. You're welcome. Oh, no, to cook. I'm still hold up. I'm still embargoed. I'm still embargoed into a future date night. <laughs> what? Two kids. It can take. It can take a while. I saw it to twice for you, movies. so don't even worry. Yeah, about I know, it. but I, I'm just going <laughs> to sit back like a good Ken and just listen and learn something. Um, but uh, yeah, I want you guys to have uh, a lot of time to cook on this. So uh, let's get through these comics. So this week we kind of uh, and Jamie, feel free to weigh in. I know you're also kind of a good comic book expert on our staff. So this week we took on uh, Night Terror's Joker number two uh, mm -hmm. first, which is the kind of concluding chapter of Joker's story in this current DC Night Terrors crossover, which I've been ambivalent about. I, I mean, I love Joshua Williamson and everything he's doing with like the new Superman series, but um, I I'm always ambivalent about like when comic books do dreamscapes and mindscapes and that whole kind of inner sequencing of like a hero or a villain and going through their mind and stuff. Um, not my favorite trope in comic books and to have a whole crossover based off it is not my favorite. Um, but like I've been saying, I, I think what kind of matters here is what the ultimate payoff is. We've seen reboots of status quos all the time after comic events. We've never really seen like a psychological reboot where people just basically like wake up from a dream and are like, well, that was messed up, and now it's changed my worldview in kind of certain ways. And if that's what they pull off with this crossover, I think that'll be interesting. And I think the Joker one, for as weird and kind of like talky and mundane as this book is in some ways, I think it's the most interesting about it for me was, will it change how Joker sees Batman and kind of, and what would it look like if he views him as a friend? That could be even more demented than him viewing him as like a rival and stuff. But uh this one's pretty sick. There's some pretty messed up stuff in here, like Joker moonlighting uh, as Batman and stuff like that, um, which was funny. I liked the jokes before he killed people. I thought that was hilarious. Uh, what did you What did you think? Um, okay, so I'm currently on page 29, so I have not seen the payoff that you're talking about, but I will say this is the most actually dreamlike book I've ever read where things are disjointed and whole entire storylines just stop in the middle of the story and change into something else. But it's kind of familiar, but also not with different names, but you know who you are, but you don't know who you are. Like I genuinely felt like I was having this dream. I don't know if that's good or bad, but just the fact that they achieved that is so interesting to me because I'm like, I'm I have dreams like this. I mean, this is this is a twisted version, but like I have dreams like this. Also, as you guys know, Joker is my favorite villain. So anything Joker makes me really excited. Seeing Joker in a bat suit is insane. And I'm obsessed. Like the wicked smile is awesome. Like I kind of want to get a tattoo of it. Um, but I I I feel like you either need to be a big Joker fan or just a fan of like the dream sequence type 
vibe because otherwise I think it does get kind of wordy. It does get, you're kind of like, what's the point? Like why, what, what is this? What's going on? I love it for that reason, but I'm sure not everyone will. Jamie, you check this one out. Nope. I didn't know there was going to be homework. No, no, you're good. Cool. <laughs> yeah. No, I have not read. This no, one. you don't. Jamie, no, who's you're your all favorite good. villain. Who's your favorite My- comic book villain ever? Um, uh, maybe Kilgrave. Look at you. Okay. He's scary. Yeah. Um, and alias is so good. So yeah. that, that's my instinctual answer. Love it. That's All so right. Joker's Ooh. my Kilgrave. <laughs> <laughs> Although David. So, Tennant. uh, yeah, Kil- I mean, Kilgrave is, is pretty yeah. messed up for a lot of reasons. <laughs> um, Dark Droids is the new Star Wars crossover that's coming out. And uh, it's going to run from now through the fall. And it basically, it's building off the, you know, we've covered the Star Wars comic universe extensively on this show. We do it pretty regularly. We followed all the big storylines. We've told you all to watch it many times or to read it many times because it's pretty good um, with these kind of things are fitting in between like Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi and kind of fleshing out that whole progression. This one is built from the last of the uh, Crimson Dawn crossover. There was a whole subplot of that about this ancient AI that Lady Kira tried to use to trap Darth Vader and the Emperor. That plan went wrong, of course. But that AI continued and kind of has merged with Star Wars droids and is now this kind of hungry, zombifying AI entity that's going through systems and just taking over all the droids which is a kind of a, a scary concept, any sci-fi, you know, dystopian thing in a Star Wars setting. And uh, I thought I would get into this more. It was okay for a first issue. Um, there's one like pretty horrific sequence of a whole, what happens when a Star Destroyer gets taken over by droids and they decide, hey, screw these organics. And, you know, they just execute everybody. Um, but other than that, it, it's kind of like, I don't know. It felt just too by the numbers, but that was kind of like me. And I don't know if this is going to make the droids that I love best are Afra's killer, like C3PO and R2D2. Like those guys, I would like read a whole thing about, but this seems just okay. Janelle, what'd you think? I know you're not a, the biggest star Wars. Yeah. I'm, killer. I am. A, I'm a fan, but I'm not a super fan. So, um, I was actually telling Richard before the episode started today, I was like, I love this because I I didn't even know I was reading Star Wars. It just felt like a weird sentient, like AI post-apocalyptic situation here. Like it just felt like, you know, attack of the robots. It was Terminator to me. So that is why I dug it. I thought it was really, really cool. And you don't have to know any Star Wars lore. And it's just easy to read and get into. Um, and I'm so curious as to what's going on. So I was very intrigued. And I really, really, really liked it. I want to know like where this piece came from. I want to know what this other group of bots are doing. Like, Oh yeah. Good guys. Yeah. Yeah, Like I'm so curious. Like I, I'm, I am in this. I love it. So. All right. Jamie, anything in the way here? You just, we just. I'm interested because uh, uh, I do love, there are some Star Wars comics I really love. And you mentioned BD and triple zero. And those are, I also love those droids. So uh, uh, I did. So I'm, I'm, I'm always down for Star Wars Rex. It sounds like, I don't know if you're hundred percent recommending this one though. It sounds like uh, maybe. (laughs) Yeah. I'm I'm, I'm, I'm like the, 
Yeah, okay. Um, but um, but I'm interested. This interests me more than the last one you talked about. I will say uh triple zero and BDR, they're they're in this, so they are they're there. And Chopper, okay. people are saying they want to see Chopper versus Triple Zero. Yeah, that mean that'd be great. I want to see some droids, yeah. you know, good bad droid slugs. I think that would be the most appealing thing about this. Screw the humans. I just want to see the droids versus droids battles in Star Wars. Um, finally, real quick, uh, X-Men 25. We did a whole uh, kind of bonus episode about the Hellfire Gala, the mutant massacre, and the, just the kind of berserkness of all that. This issue, I think, goes down as one of my favorites because it basically just shows you that Kitty Pride is one of the most badass mutants in Marvel and one of the most powerful ones. And if she ever you know, decides to use that. It is pretty horrific. So X-Men 25 just picks up from the Hellfire Gala. It's the new status quo of what mutants have been doing. It's kind of jumps back before time in a clever way to tell this story and keeping like how Kitty escaped from Orcus is till the end. And then you get this really crazy battle scene where she just murders a bunch of soldiers uh, in some pretty horrible ways include like phasing part of their helmets out and to halfway through their heads, phasing grenades into the bodies of people and letting them blow up and other ways she murders everybody. And then she just phases all the carnage into the floor and walks away. It was like, all right. And uh, I don't think I've ever loved Kitty pride more. I thought pirate she Kitty pride, like Kate pride. Oh yeah. No, bad. she's not a hardcore. <laughs> no, she had a good reason for doing it. And, and we can get deep into the X-Men lore of that, but I loved pirate Kate pride getting tattoos on her knuckles and bar fighting people. I thought that was great, but I like shadow cat more. I'm an age of apocalypse fan. And this is the closest I think we've seen a character to that kind of dark version of herself. So I dug it. Um, Janelle, just, uh, I, I'm, I'm scared because I know how you feel about X-Men. How'd you feel about this? It's okay. Let me just, just in case we have anyone listening who doesn't know my history with X-Men. I only know like the traditional X-Men, like Storm, Wolverine, Cyclops. Like, I, I don't know all of the lore. I don't know the history. I, I genuinely just liked the bright colors and the cartoons from when I was a kid. I never really knew. Like, I was like, oh, they have powers. It's so fun. Um, so getting into X-Men now as an adult and knowing that, like, there's a lot of, like, political issues and socio... Just, just there's a, they cover a lot of the heavier issues within their comic books it's kind of tedious for me to try to learn all of it. Um, and so this book for me, the whole beginning, I was just kind of like, Oh God, this is so talky. I am so bored. I don't know what is going on. I'm completely lost. And then as soon as our girl came out and I kind of like saw her actual like story, her focused story of what she is doing and what happened with her, I was in it. So that's, it's, it's just a lot. Like it's a lot to take in if you don't know the history. Like every time we're talking about Krakoa and, and honestly, like any, it's just a lot. It's a lot like the gates. and Well, the yeah. So it's okay. To be fair, before you have an aneurysm, we did tr get Janelle into this by trying to make, explain to her the history of Cable, which nearly broke her <laughs> brain. And I think has tainted her view of X-Men forever, which is fair. <laughs> Because she was just looked at us and was like, what are you saying? Like, like what is happening? Just like, but yeah, but, but uh, I will say yeah. the second half was really great. And I literally have like X-Men comic sitting on my desk right now with a collectible storm card. So what? man, I need did you not know about I'm this? Doing this? I'm doing this job wrong. I get nothing like I'm doing this job horribly wrong. 
I just, yeah, yeah that's, that's but I'm, but I love, I love like, you know, obviously the really mainstream yeah. characters, but I love getting to know other characters too. And I'm glad I got to hear her storyline and like yeah. how amazing yeah. she is. Well, yeah, to answer the comments, Fall of X is coming. And when Fall of X comes, I think we might go back and do Hox Pox because we started this podcast reading House of X. And uh, we might finally make Janelle go back Ooh. to that retrospective. But um, I'm down. Uh, unless Jamie has something to add to X-Men, I think that's it for comics. No, all right. X-Men. Are you an X-Men? I do like okay, X-Men, but you're... I haven't read this one. So. All right, no, that's good. X-Men 25 is good. You, I, I recommend if you like Kitty Pride. Like, yeah, mm -hmm. good issue. Um, all right, so that's it for my Yammering. You guys, the ladies, it's been many weeks, and I'm very curious to hear you guys cook and talk about Barbie, what you guys thought. Jamie has been deep in the Barbie experience. She's seen the movie about eight times, I believe. What? Um, and I saw three times. No, Calm down. Three, <laughs> I saw three, three times. No, I do have plans to see it a fourth time in theater. Yes. Yeah. Um, Janelle's <laughs> seen it twice. You guys have been in the Barbie parties. Jan uh, Jamie, you did the interviews and sat down with Greta Gerwig and everybody. Oh, so I'm so so cool. interested to hear this. Uh, and it's rare that I get to be on this podcast and sit back and just kind of watch as a fan. But uh, Richard, zap my window out of here and uh, you guys <laughs> take it away. Janelle, you can Honest. close the show when you're done. If this is your oh discussion, you can close the show. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Holy smokes. I, I, this, <laughs> now I'm overwhelmed. I'm like nervous. Okay. Bye, and, Ken. Bye. Oh, yeah. Bye, Ken. I actually love Ken. I, I love Ken. Oh. He was my favorite, probably favorite part of the entire film, um, besides like the mother-daughter relationships. But I want to ask you, what was your expectations with this versus reality? Like what you got out of it? Well, Greta Gerwig is one of my favorite filmmakers. I think Lady Bird and Little Women are both masterpieces. Um, and I also love the movie she's made with Noah. And so I I had no doubt. I was 100% convinced this movie was going to be great. And somehow it still exceeded my expectations. I think it's the best movie that's come out this year. It's my fourth favorite movie that I've watched this year. Um, the top three are all old. Um, <laughs> uh, and uh, it. I think it is, it's just, I think it's a literal masterpiece. As Mark Marin said recently, I, I, uh, it's funny. It's cathartic. I When I saw it for a third time, the credits rolled and my friend Caitlin looked at me and she goes, why are you crying? You've seen it three times. Oh. And it's just, it's emotional. It hits and it's funny. And I just bought the album and- Oh my um, gosh, the soundtrack. It's such a good soundtrack. And you're right. I think Ryan Gosling is the best part of this movie, which is kind of like, I feel bad saying it because he's just Ken. But he, I, I really genuinely believe he deserves an Oscar nomination. For oh, this yeah. Role. Um, it's phenomenal. And when I interviewed them, I interviewed Margot and Ryan together. And I talked about how, you know, he's been funny in movies before, like um, Crazy Stupid Love. And, you know, we've seen him, but we've never seen him this goofy and this funny. Yeah. And Mar Margo was like, you're right. And she was like agreeing. And finally he's like, this is too much Ken talk. Yeah. He's, leaning, <laughs> he's leaning so much into the Ken-ness of this in the press <laughs> tour. And I'm so glad that we got the chance to talk to him before the strike because it was really fun. Oh my gosh. I know. And the fact that like the strike is obviously... <laughs> It's it's it sucks. But the yeah. fact that it's still rocking like this film is still crushing it like weekend after weekend, like it's still going. That's what makes me so excited. I am not a movie theater person. Let me just say that I am a oh. at home streamer person. I love watching movies in the comfort of my own home. I hate people chewing popcorn behind me. I'm infamous for saying this. I hate it so much. The sound of the chewing drives me nuts in a theater. And I have gotten into theater twice. That doesn't happen. I don't do that. I don't go wow. see 
things in the theater twice. And I, I saw this and I, I was like, I have to go take my mom to this. Like my mom hasn't been to a movie theater in probably like 10 years. And I got her to go watch this with me. So the, the relationship uh, just between women and other women is so clearly defined in here. Like it's, it, they just, they say it so perfectly. Like you have to be strong, but you can't be the B word. Like you have to like not look too cute to make other women feel uncomfortable, but men have to think you're the hottest thing ever. Like that, it's just, it like hit so hard because I feel like we always talk about a man woman relationship, but to hear like them actually even touch on like a woman to woman relationship and how difficult that is even was that, that like really hit me. Cause I've always been a guy's girl. I hang out with the guys. Mm. I do guys that, you know, I read comic books, <laughs> yeah. I play video games. And like, I, I have always wanted to be accepted by women and I've always struggled with that. And this kind of like made me feel like seen in a way like, oh my gosh, like, yeah, mm -hmm. this is what happens for, for girls. And that, that is why I don't understand like these people that are coming out and saying things like, oh, it's a man hate movie. I told my dad, I was like, it's not a man hate movie, just so you know, because he's like, I'm not going to go see Barbie. I was like, it's it's genuinely like you feel for Ken, like you feel bad for him. Like it, men have to fit into this certain role too. And it it's hard. Like it's it's hard to be a man. It's hard to be a woman. And they talk about both of those things. And I think it's really relevant and awesome. And yeah, I just, I don't know. My favorite part I think is just like the emotional connection of mm -hmm. like girls and her, their moms, honestly, more than anything besides Ken, Ken steals the show. <laughs> yes. I, mean. I, I want to say uh, first, uh, I only agreed to do this cause I was excited to talk to you. So oh, me? Uh, uh, yeah. Oh. So you can, uh, uh, you're a girl's girl when it comes yes. to me, I love talking to you. <laughs> I've become uh, more I, of a girl's girl yes. in my adulthood. <laughs> Um, uh, I, I'm an everybody's girl. I love it. <laughs> I love it. Uh, I, 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 America Ferrera's speech is really beautiful and yeah. it hits so close to home. It's, it's wild. And, and I brought that up when I interviewed her too, because I, I was a big sisterhood of the traveling pants teenager. Oh. And I really, uh, related to Carmen, her character. And I was like, you've just been inspiring me for more than half my, oh my life. Gosh. Yeah. That's really beautiful. She's, I think she was just the perfect person for this, especially because she's had this weird career where like, you know, she played ugly Betty and she's like, you know, and like all these things were, where, you know, in sisterhood, she was like the big one, which is like crazy because that was an error when bodies were just seen so ridiculous. Yeah. We were, we were young and a, like a really, yeah, really time tough time. Yeah. Women's bodies. And now it'll be like, America Ferreira was like the ugly one is the most insane, insane thing ever. So the fact that she gets to deliver that whole speech is like truly a beautiful and she gets kind to be a Barbie. Circle. Like she and she looks beautiful doing God, it. She's gorgeous. Uh, they all are. Like every single person in this movie is gorgeous, and I, I and I love that. Um, uh, it's 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 just really and, and in terms of like you talked about like men hating as mm -hmm. Mark like I encourage you guys to go on Mark Maron's social media and watch his video about it because it's really uh, insightful and it's quick and it's and, and it's fun to hear it from a guy like him. Mm -hmm. But any any man who is offended by this movie has no it has like the thinnest skin of all time. Yeah. I mean, if you can't take a little bit of a joke about yourself, then what are you doing? 
Yeah. Welcome to being a woman. <laughs> we have to take jokes about ourselves all the time. Uh, yeah, that's, I guess like if, if you could say anything to anyone who's like on the fence or like trying to decide if, if it's for them or not, like, how would you kind of let them know, Hey, you should, yeah, you should give it a go. I mean, first of all, it's like, don't you want to be in this conversation? Everybody's yeah. talking about it. Like if this movie's going to make a billion dollars that's crazy <laughs> like don't you like even the the trailer says if you love barbie this movie's for you if you hate barbie this movie's yep. for you and like just like go see it and to form a real opinion like don't watch these internet bros that are like bashing it because they're they're wrong and they're just looking for clicks first of all it's also like come oscar season this is going to be a big part of the conversation you know so. barbenheimer is not over people oh barbenheimer is sticking around through oscar season but mostly like it's fun it's 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 emotional and beautiful but you're gonna have a fun time i mean uh my boyfriend tony walked out of this movie like he he was just he he was cackling at every single thing that came out of yep. ryan gosling's mouth yep. he like he left this movie like he could not he he like he's the same as me he loves greta gerwig he had faith in her but he still couldn't believe how good <laughs> this movie was it's not just for women um but also it's for women it yeah we deserve our own yes. movie like this we deserve yeah. it it, yeah, it really was. My husband is like, he turns to me and he's like, can I be the fur coat Ken <laughs> for Halloween? I'm like, yeah, this is going to be the most Halloween costume. <laughs> like, I, I love everyone, it. Everyone. Hi, Barbie. All yeah. over town. All over Halloween. All I'm over. already like, if I, if I do it, I want to be weird Barbie, but me I haven't too. decided yet. Yeah. Mm -hmm. If I do it, I want to be like dead, dead Barbie, like a zombie Barbie. Like <laughs> yes. I got to do something really twisted for sure. Mm, I love that's that. That's just my style. But um, we did just get called the Harley Quinn and Poison Ivy of comic book and I'm living for it. <laughs> okay. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Mr. J. <laughs> I love that so much. Um, so I did hear that Marvel is or not Marvel. Oh my God. Now I'm in phase zero. Hello. He's at me in phase zero. Mattel, <laughs> the other M word um, is talking about other films that they have down the pipeline, possibly even another Barbie movie. Have you heard this? Um, you know, I, I would not be surprised if they tried mm -hmm. to to capitalize on this. Um, in terms of in terms of a Barbie sequel, if I don't want that, I would love a holiday special though. I think that would be really oh, cool. Oh my gosh. Um, yeah, yeah, that's what I would but here's the thing. I don't think Greta Gerwig would make a sequel and okay. I don't want anyone else to touch this. I agree. Um I think it's perfect on its own. I don't think it needs a sequel. Um and what about I, I Polly just, Pocket? <laughs> now Pocket is definitely happening, right? With Lena Dunham, they're making a Barney movie, but yep. I worry that they're not taking the right lesson from this. Like I've seen a lot of this online. It's like you know, like Disney trying to make ride movies happen after Pirates. Yeah, it's like, are you going to be able to capture this magic? And I don't know. Like I played with Polly Pocket as a kid, but Polly so, Pocket is not. It's the same as Barbie. It's not. I feel like Barbie like translates like goes into like womanhood and all that. Mm. Like Barney, you got to be real careful about Barney because that is for me. Little, little little baby ones but like according like according to daniel who is that it's going to be like a dark movie it's like yeah. serious dark barney which i, I i'm intrigued uh, as a barney watcher as a childhood but also uh, who, who is who is that for really <laughs> other than maybe me um but we'll see i mean i'm interested i i will see i don't think anything mattel makes after this will be as successful as successful as this i, I don't like i think lena dunham, dunham has made some good things mm -hmm. but she's not greta gerwig and, and no one is and well, i just also, love greta gerwig so barbie much. is 
a really special toy. Like I'm trying yeah. to think of, I, I guess like maybe toy soldiers would be the comparative, like with how like the longevity and like how many generations have been hit by this and like how it continues. And I, I just, I don't even know if I can think of a boy toy, a boy toy. We're going to say this because everyone can play yeah, with any Joe. kind of toy you yeah, like. Of of um, but I don't know if there's one that really is as powerful as Barbie with, you know, girls like us, gals, peeps, peeps that have been, yeah. then I mean, my mom played with them. I played with them. Mm -hmm. If I had kids, I'm sure they'd play with them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, and I was but, big into collector Barb. Like I had, oh. I had a lot of Barbies and I was not allowed to take out of the box. Wow. And I think that's part of the reason why I've ended up here, like, yes. like a co crazy collector. I have I so much it. stuff. And uh, I, I think my mom still has those collectible Barbies, but like I, there are pictures of me so excited with like my favorite is I'm holding a Henry Higgins Barbie from oh. My Fair Lady. Oh, and I'm my so gosh. excited to get a Henry Higgins Barbie <laughs> because it's like it gets to go on the shelf next to Eliza Doolittle. <laughs> um, so it's crazy how many types of like Barbies there are. You and the fact that, that they show realize. them in the in the movie is mm. so awesome like the sugar mm. daddy one the pregnant one like Mitch. all the discontinued barbies mm. i alan is my absolute favorite i love alan and i had an alan which is so you funny did? yes i oh, had an i alan. never had an alan i'm I had jealous. an alan i think i'm a little older but anyways good times really good times i last thing i know you went to the premiere can you just like let us know what that was like? <laughs> oh, I did not go to the. Oh, premiere, you did it? I Wait, I no, saw no. you in all these pictures and well, things. Well, no. So at the at the, okay, but I'll t I went to the junket and I'll the tell junket. you about the junket. The junket because the junket was cr I've never been to a junket like this before. It was at a nice hotel in L.A. and they they cleared out the entire 14th floor of this beautiful hotel. They carpeted the entire thing pink. They painted the walls. I, I like, I, the, I can't, it was so intricate. This junket, um, they had the whole Kendom. You could walk through the Kendom. Um, they had, uh, they had, you know, a display of Barbies, of course. And then out downstairs outside, they had the car. They had what? the bike car, which was exciting for me because I have a I picture of myself. Yep. yep. I'm like three years old in a Barbie car. So I got to like recreate my childhood photo. Amazing. Um, that, that, I've never been to a junket like that before. It was that is they, unbelievable. They all out. And Ryan Gosling <gasps> gave me these sunglasses. No. Now I can do. Are you the double like sunglasses or well, yes. I guess. Yeah. Glasses on glasses yes. on glasses on glasses. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I love this. Well, seriously, thank you so much for hanging out with us. I freaking love it when you come on and Thanks hang out and me. give some girl power. Yes. And yes. some therapy power. Um, yeah, that's I guys, I'm so excited about Barbie. If you've not checked it out, I definitely feel like you should. Um, it's so fun in the theater. The music is rocking. It's a laughing, crying experience. As you heard, Jamie cried three times. I cried both times. I went, uh, if, if you're, what does Will Ferrell say? A mother, a son of a mother, a mother yeah. of a son. <laughs> if you, if you have an aunt, like yes, it's, you'll, you'll love it. It's just so cute. And some of your favorite actors are in it. So yeah. Thank you so much for hanging out. I'm going to take us out, everybody. Thank you for watching today. It was such a great episode. Kofi, shout outs to you. I know you're hiding in, in the chat right now. So thank you for everything. And if you guys want to follow us everywhere on socials, it's at Comic Book Nation. They're across the bottom here. But if you're listening, Facebook, comicbook.com, Twitter, Facebook, or Twitter, Facebook, Twitter at Comic Book, Instagram, Comic Book, YouTube, Comic Book 
Nation. We have bonus episodes that go up and our normal podcast episodes that go up as well. Every single week we're here for you. We love covering all of the geek news and everything that's going on for y'all. Thanks for coming on this journey with us and being excited with us about all the things that have been coming out. We're just going to keep hoping for all of our actors and writers to be taken care of. And we're going to get more content. As you guys know, I'm at Janelle Wheeler. If you want to find me, Jamie. Oh, um, uh, Jamie Cinematics, but that's Twitter. And I'm not really using that anymore because oh, it's, it's a Tell us what cake. you're using. Um, well, I'm trying to TikTok more. Uh, Yay, me too. Um, I know. I'm trying to use TikTok more. So I'm just Jamie Jarek on there. I'm also Jamie Jarek on Instagram, but I'm still Jamie Cinematics on Letterboxd. And that remains my favorite social media site. So follow me there for all my movie thoughts. So uh, I watch, uh, unlike Janelle, all I do is go to the movie theater. Yeah. I don't do <laughs> I anything else. So. <laughs> I'm like an at home person. I video game. <laughs> I like stream. I watch all of the things. Anyways, we're between the two of us. We're covered. Uh, yes. So yeah, thank you for listening, everybody. We'll see you really soon next week and uh, get ready for some bonus episodes. And we love you over here at Comic Book Nation. Thank you. Goodbye. <laughs>